again, they're looking for the very, very intimate details of who was it, obviously, how long has it been going on, what did how many do? times, what did you do? Again, they're thinking, if I can have more details, then more information will make me feel better. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, don't do these three things when you find out about their affair. Yep. This is some important stuff that you don't want to do unless you want to make things a lot worse. Yep. You ready? Yep. Okay. Finding out your spouse is having an affair is never fun. No. Fair fair enough? Fair enough. Um, and when you find out your spouse is having an affair, um, your survival brain kicks in into hyperdrive. Yes. Super mojo. Your world is spinning and you don't know what to do. Yes. But there's three things that a lot of people consider doing that they think in the moment their survival brain says these are good ideas. Right. And they're actually terrible ideas. Yes. And so we want to go through what those three things are to try to see if we can make a really bad situation from going from bad to worse. Yes. And if you can avoid these three things, it will prevent more damage later on. It will make recovery and reconnecting easier. But these things tend to complicate things a lot. So should we try to figure out what they are? Yes, we should. The very first thing that happens when uh, someone finds out that their spouse is having an affair is their survival brain tells them and says, if you have more information, you will feel better. So they start to ask all sorts of questions, detailed questions. Yes, interrogating. Yes. And questions they're asking are, again, they're looking for the very, very intimate details of, you know, who was it, obviously, how long has it been going on, what did how you many do? times, what did you do, why that person over me, where was it? Um, and they start to ask these more questions deeper down, uh, even to some of the points of asking specifics around sexual acts, right. um, exact words that were said. Yes. Again, they're thinking, if I can have more details than more information will make me feel better. And maybe help explain why this happened in the first place. Yes. They're trying to figure out the why. Why did this happen? Unfortunately, what tends to happen is if the person who has had the affair starts to answer those questions honestly Mm -hmm. and gives the cheated on spouse all these details, those are images and information that you cannot forget. Right. And because you're already in a heightened emotional state that is around security and value and worth and everything else like that, those things get emblazoned into your consciousness. Yes. And it actually makes it much, much harder to go through the process of a full disclosure later on, which needs to happen during during this process. But it makes it harder later on when that is done, usually within the context of a professional's office to give you that framework to keep everyone safe. So the first thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to start asking all of the detailed questions. Right. 
And I would add to that, what you hope to get out of that is some understanding, but really what it's going to do is just crush you even more. Exactly. So do not start to ask all the questions or again, it's hard to just say, don't do it because you're in that survival brain again, write them down. You're going to have a million questions and they're going to come up at the oddest times in the middle of the night. Like waves. Yep. And they'll just keep rolling through. That's when you start to have your journal, your notebook next to your bed. You just have that with you. You have your on your phone and all these questions that are starting to burn. And again, your brain is telling you, you need this information and you need it right now. Write them down and hold on to them. Now, there are going to be some specific questions that you are going to want to have answered, as in primarily, who was it? How long has it been going on? Those two questions are okay. That's mm-hmm. that's not a problem. That gives you a context for this crushing scenario that yes. you're sitting in. Yes. You don't need to go into any other details beyond that. Right. Okay. So that would be the first thing. Do not ask for the nitty gritty details. Yep. The second thing that a lot of people start to do in that highly reactive state is they want the person who's been cheating to feel just as bad as they feel. And the number one thing that your brain kind of tries to start telling you to do is publicly shame them. Yes. And so people will post on Facebook, they'll throw it up on Instagram, they'll put it into social media in some way that says, here's what my dirtbag of a spouse has yeah. been doing and I just found out and blah, blah, blah. And they start to put out all of their stuff, all that dirty laundry in front of Everybody. Everybody. And that never makes things better. No. What you are opening yourself up to in that moment is everyone else is going to start projecting their own story, Mm -hmm. their own biases into your story. And it's going to make it much more confusing, harder to process with accurate information because you now have a hundred different voices all speaking to you from their own pain. So if... Again, someone on Facebook's uh, boyfriend, when they were dating 30 years ago, cheated on her, then she's going to be, you know, here's exactly what to do. And they're going to start throwing advice at you. Or if someone's been cheated on, or if someone's just mad at their husband, or someone just is angry at wives in general. Right. Again, all of these unfounded and unfiltered biases will make your job much, much harder. And so you do not make this a public event. You don't publicize it on social media. Other people are going to need to know about it because you are going to need to have some support once you find out that your spouse has been cheating on you. Um, And so there's kind of a few people that I recommend that you bring into the inner circle in this process. Number one is if you have a best friend and that best friend is healthy, let's make sure that that's a very clear caveat. Um, your best friend needs to be able to speak honesty and truth and and unbiased, unbiased yeah. um, wisdom into the event because they care about you. They want what's best for you. They don't want you to make bigger mistakes. Yes. Um, they need to comfort you. They need to help you through this process. So you get to tell your best friend around some of these things. Right. Asking that best friend to keep it in confidence. They're not going to, again 
start spreading it around right. all of the friend circle and everything else yes. like that. And then usually uh, family members, I mean, close family members, if you have a healthy relationship with them, they typically are going to need to know. So parents or things like that, you need to have those people support you in some way. Right. Again, if they are healthy. Right. It's not the people who come back to you and say, see, I told you this nope. wasn't going to work out. Nope. That would not be a good person yeah. to Not wise to at with. all. And then the third person that you bring into this is usually some professional. If you are part of a faith community, oftentimes a first call is to a pastor. Yes. And that pastor who knows both of you, hopefully is able to kind of walk through this process with you and get you referred out to a professional counselor who can now put a framework and a structure around the process of starting to to work through this issue. Right. Now, I want you to hear really clearly here. I didn't say work through restoring the marriage. Right. I don't know if that's possible, depending upon the circumstances. Um, there's a whole lot of variables that play into this, but they can help you through the process and the and the decision making so that you don't have to do that alone. It's, it's like if you don't have that person who can kind of put that structure around you, then you're kind of drowning while you're trying to learn how to swim. Yes, it, exactly. You can't do both. No. You can't you can't teach yourself the process of navigating through this while you're just trying to survive it. So you bring these people around you, but you do not make a public shaming. You don't put a public declaration out there. You're very cautious about who you bring into that story. Right. Now, the question that I always get around this is, do we tell the kids? And the general rule of thumb is if you have adult children or close to adult children, so that would be later teenage years, usually high school and up, sometimes middle school if they're mature enough. Um, and it's going to be obvious for the family th that something's wrong between mom and dad. The kids are aware that there's tension, there's stress. And if you don't articulate what that is, then um, you're going to cause more anxiety and, and tension within them. I was going to say, do you want to put a little bit of a framework around that? Because the person who... Been cheated on. Yes, been cheated on really needs a little bit of framework yep. because it could be very, very yep. easy to yep. make dad the bad guy. Yep. And or the unfaithful person, the bad yeah. guy. Yes, that's, yeah. that's what I meant. Not dad, just the unfaithful person, the yeah. bad guy. Yep. And timing, like yes. when did we do that? So um, rule of thumb is you tell the kids together. It isn't one person or other person telling the kids. This is something that needs to be told together. And I always encourage the person who has been unfaithful to tell the story. And again, just tell the facts that... I've had an affair. Here's the steps we're going through this. Um, your kids are going to be pissed. There's no way to stop that. You can't prevent that. And that's why infidelity is such a devastating experience for the entire family. Right. Because this affects not just your spouse. It affects your kids. Well. It affects their understanding of marriage and relationships and stability and trust. And it just, it makes everything. So it isn't just the spouse who's been cheated on who has to process through this. You actually have the whole family has to go through some right. of this. And the kids get forgotten so often in right. this. So you're telling them together, 
you are telling them after you have a framework in place to start to work on this you issue. Go. You're only giving them the bare details, uh, again, just the facts of um, I've been unfaithful and we're working through it. You don't give them any other details nope. in terms of who and how long. They don't need to have that information yet. They will need to have that information later on in terms of when they become adults. You have to you have to be honest with your adult children right. and give them the story. And again, maybe not all the details, but that's part of a maturing process. If you have young, young kiddos, elementary school, even early middle school, developmentally, emotionally, they're not mature enough to understand some of these things. So instead of giving them the specifics of one of us has had an affair or one of us has been unfaithful, you just are articulate the elephant in the room and basically say, mommy and daddy are going through some difficult times in our relationship and we're working with a counselor to help us yes, go through it. Exactly. And you, you give them the validation of the tension that they feel. Yes. You don't have to give them the what's and the why's. And that's really important because kids sense it, whether you verbalize it or not, kids sense when yep. there's something going on between their parents. They have really good radar. They do. Yep. And they may they may actually come to you before you're ready to talk and say, hey, what's going on? Yep. And it's like, whoa. So you just yep. need to be prepared. Yep. And again, the therapist that you're working with should be able to help you in terms of when and how to make that disclosure to the kiddos. That's right. that's something you need to have someone, that counselor, provide that framework around some of that. Yes. So that's two of the three things. Number one is you're not putting out on social media and telling, telling that's number two. You're that's not going to put it out on the social media. Uh, number one is, I just forgot it. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, asking for all the details. Yes. It's been a long day, guys. Uh, you're not going to ask for all the details. So that's the two parts so far. I couldn't remember either. Yeah. Here's the third one. And this is hard for a lot of people. But while you are in that survival brain, while you are in that reactive, just trying to make sense of your world that's now upside down, you do not want to make any major life decisions. Yes. When you make decisions from that reactive survival state, you typically make crappy decisions. And oftentimes regret them and you yep. can't take back a nope. decision that you've made. That so what are some of those big decisions? Some of the ones that I've seen is you immediately start looking for a new house and because you're just going to pick up and move, you're going to dump the person who's cheated on you and you're just going to flee. You're going to abandon the city and just going to move off to somewhere else. Go and out, have yourself your own exactly. little thing so yep. that it can be even. Yep. Try to get retaliation and yeah. hook up with somebody else. I've seen people drain bank accounts take all the money and kind of try to hide all of that. I've seen people make decisions about the relationship within the first 24 or 48 hours. You know, that's it, I'm done, I'm out of here. Or that's it, I'm gonna work on this, we're gonna make this, we're gonna survive. You can't make those decisions in that reactive state. Right. You don't make major decisions around the status of the relationship. Um, and, and that first 24 to 48 hours is not the time to no. tell your kids or your family nope. or. Nope. You have to, again, you have to put that framework around you on how to navigate some of this stuff. Right. So you're not making, again, major life decisions from this reactive state. You will make bad decisions. That's the third one. So don't make major decisions. Don't make it a public thing. And don't ask for all the details. Those are the three things that you don't want to do when you find out your spouse is having an affair. Yeah. And hopefully you've heard some of the things you do want to do in the midst of all of those things so that you can survive a 
potentially life-altering experience that you're going through. It yeah. is, is not easy. It is not simple. There's no magic bullet or Band-Aid to put over this right. and make it all better. Um, but what I want to tell you is I've seen a lot of couples who have had affairs absolutely survive it and actually thrive through it. It forces them to deal with their stuff and they end up having much better, beautiful relationships out of it. I've also seen some that have melted down. It depends upon the level of honesty and work each person's willing to put into it. Exactly. That is the three things that we are not wanting you to do. Exactly. Okay. Asking for details. I remember this time posting on social media and making major life decisions and all of that. If you found this helpful and you're going, great, okay, that's fantastic. I wonder if there's more resources and more stuff that we can go to. Just check out securemarriage.com. There's just a whole bunch of stuff there. We won't go into details what there is, but again, we've built these resources. Listen to a lot of the other podcast episodes um, on what healthy marriages actually do look like. like, If you are in the midst of this right now, if this is kind of fresh for you or you know someone who's going through some of this right now, feel free to share this podcast episode with them. Be that person that they can trust that you can come alongside them and help them or if you're going through it personally right now again find that person that you can trust and then navigate through this painful situation with you okay that's it i think so thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next time Alrighty. bye bye bye